You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. I apologize for not giving you guys an episode with Nada yesterday. This one's actually all my fault. This is not one of the things that Mata has pop up on his unexpected schedule that usually is the cause for us not doing this. This one's on me. Um, I upgraded my internet. I was trying to get that fixed. So hopefully we will have a faster internet um, speed for you in order for us to actually have this work out a lot better and not have some of the technical difficulties that we've had in the past. Hopefully that's the case for me at least, but uh, we should be good to go. And we always appreciate you for joining us. This episode, by the way, is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively on january 18th at BlueNile.com. this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on january 18th and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. we're part of the lockdown podcast network here at lockdown hornets it's your team every day local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes stitcher spotify wherever you get your podcast and you can follow us on twitter at lockdown hornets at Walker Mail and at Nada the Scribe. Not it was an unfortunate time for me to try to get my internet hooked up because we had a game to <laughs> recap and I couldn't do it. So yeah. what do you say we get um, get to it here with the second Hornets preseason game that resulted in an L? But who cares? I don't think yeah. anybody really cares about the wins and losses when it comes to a preseason games um, preseason game. It's all about what the young guys do and just how your players look overall in general. And as we will frequently do this year. We will start with the third overall pick in LaMelo Ball. Not a couple of notes that I've got um, on LaMelo. He hits his first bucket in a preseason NBA game. Mm-hmm. Hits a three-pointer for his first made basket. He would then go, I believe, three of four early. Comes in, has a bad yeah. floater, but then hits a few shots um, in the next four that he, in the next three that he took. I think he might have made three in a row, uh, if I'm not mistaken. A couple of threes. Also, that transition layup that he had. So, good to see LaMelo Ball get a few buckets on the scoreboard. Then, when you saw in the second half, even in the fourth quarter, he was playing with the second rounders and Nate Darling, a two-way contract, Sneed, you know, those kind of guys. Yeah. I thought LaMelo started to press and look for a shot more and take worse shots via the so, uh, the shot selection. You know, to, to real quickly, just getting the negatives out of the way so we can focus on the positive. You know, three of 10 is not good. Three of 15 is worse. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But but I, I take away I take away more good than bad from what LaMelo has done. This is someone that we knew was going to struggle with his shot. I still don't like the form, whether it's a set shot, whether it's his crazy legs jump shot. Well, I, I, it, it, it's just it's not good. It, it seems like he uses his left hand way too much where his, his left palm is facing the basket when he lets go of the basketball. And that's a problem. And it doesn't mean that it can't be fixed, but it's certainly a problem right now. I'm hoping that LaMelo will be able to shoot better as time goes on. But it doesn't mean that I'm really, really worried about LaMelo in two preseason games. This is a guy that looks really controlled with the basketball in his hands. These crazy effing passes that he's getting off behind the back. I told you with the first one that we saw to Miles, it was was just placed in an amazing spot. And it's someone that pushes the pace is as a one man band as far as 
being solely responsible to some degree for increasing your pace with an offense run coming into this year. And the, the, the hit, the hit shots are great, but also I just continue to be amazed by his pick and roll game, man. Like that pick yeah. and roll that he ran with Bismack, you know, and biz doesn't hit the shot. You know, what else is new? He actually did a couple of nice things um, elsewhere in this game, but LaMelo is such a good pick and roll player, man. It, 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 and it's, and it's here, right? Like it's not one of these things. Hey, he'll be uh, good here in a year. He's a good pick and roll player right here, right now. He's got a lot of control over the basketball. There are some turnovers that need to dwindle down. Sure. But overall, good, um, more than bad, what we've seen in the first two preseason games from LaMelo. Absolutely. And Walker, you know, the funny thing is I was worried because you started bringing up the bad shooting numbers. And I don't know if you know this, but that's apparently that's not allowed around here. You're not allowed to mention <laughs> like the bad things that, that can happen when he shoots. I didn't know that. But um, well, I mean, you would you would get mad at me if I said say that he can't shoot and now here you are no and, and it's it's just something worth mentioning yeah man. it is like, this is someone that it's three of 15 that's not good it, there are reasons to be like all right this is something that certainly needs to fix itself and it's also not anything that we need to pay attention to to try to project what he's going to do um it, it it's a problem he needs to fix it it doesn't mean that it can't be fixed let's move on to the good stuff yeah no exactly let's move on to the good stuff I, again I think his biggest work is making Bismack Biombo into a legitimate finisher in the post. And Bismack is what, almost 10 years into his career now? Like, think about that. This is the <laughs> first time in a long, again, this is the first time ever that we've had Bismack Biombo come off as a legitimate threat in the pick and roll and finishing down low. And that's primarily because of LaMelo Ball. So there's that. The shot. You know what, and we talked about this off-wax before we started, but the big thing for me is clearly he can hit the corner three. Clearly he cannot hit the straightaway three or the deep corner, the deep three. That's okay. So that means you just have to move the offense around for him enough to where he can get corner threes. And just as long as he keeps moving, that's going to be okay. The idea is let's focus on what this kid can do. And the kid can play make. And I've seen enough point guard play. And again, so have you at the same time. But here's the, the I guess where we're at with this is now you have a guy that can focus on playmaking and big. And we've seen Rondo get away with not having a jump shot. We've seen Sean Livingston get away with basically living on that 14 to 17 foot jumper from the mid range. I don't think the three is necessary for him to thrive. Yeah. Look, I, I want him to be able to shoot the three. I, I think, and I think he can, um, he's got, he went two of six in this game. He hit two early and, uh, he would miss the other ones. I think, LaMelo on the first three, it was a nice job of letting the defender go past him, resetting like you saw Devonte do uh, initially in that game. And then he knocked it down. And then you saw another three that he hit in the corner the second time that he hit it. And then he turns around and it was kind of funny. He just got a little jazzed after that shot, which is good. I like dudes having fun playing basketball, which LaMelo clearly does. So, you know, LaMelo hitting a couple of threes there. It's good to see that he's at least confident. It's not, it's not like this weird robotic, not fluid type of shot. There's just things that he needs to work on with it. And eventually, yeah, if, if you're going to be a superstar, 
you need to score the basketball better than what LaMelo does now. He still has the superstar potential and he's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Defensively, he's going to have to learn just like every single rookie in the NBA that gets drafted this year and that's been drafted in the past and that will get drafted in the future. But also you like his intensity and LaMelo Ball's defensive activity actually led to the transition points. Um, I believe that was the oop to Jalen McDaniels Mm -hmm. that ran alongside LaMelo and we'll get to Jalen McDaniels in a minute. But LaMelo, I, I, I see good things from him. You know, the rebounding was excellent in the first game. I, I don't necessarily care a ton unless you're talking about some small ball stuff. And then maybe LaMelo can really help out with the boards. But, you know, 10 boards is still impressive. I, I, it's funny that Nick Denning, I saw tweet this out. And I totally agree. <laughs> He was talking about how LaMelo was stealing a lot of rebounds, and, and you saw that a little bit. Uh, There's a little and, Russ, and, Russ Westbrook to his game in that. Right, and, and then and Nick Denning brought up Lance Stevenson, and look, what, what's funny is Lance Stevenson is the first guy I think of even more so than <laughs> Russell Westbrook because I watched him play for the Pacers where Roy Hibbert would just be standing there not getting any air whatsoever because he couldn't jump. Lance Stevenson coming in and just stealing the basketball from him and Roy just kind of looking down. It's so what Lance Stevenson does I think that's just kind of unintentional for Lamelo, but it was still funny all the same to see him come in and grab some boards. Either way, if they're playing small and PJ is your five, then Lamelo's rebounds can certainly help in that regard. But it's all going to be at the uh, about the playmaking man. The fact that he immediately looks up upon receiving an outlet pass or getting the rebound himself. The fact that he's able to drive in the paint and kick out and just create something. At least get the defense chaotic to where they don't know where to go and then by the time they know where to go it might be a smidge too late and it's all because Lamelo was able to break down the defense and find somebody and and I feel like you know it, it's a cliche to talk about the hockey assist but it, it's even more so with Lamelo it, it, it's like Lamelo affects whoever scores um, th- with the first of four passes rather than just the first of three, yeah. right? Like he wouldn't even register for a hockey assist. He's the guy that's breaking the defense down. He kicks it out. Okay. Now the defense doesn't know where to go. Cause they've got to recover. Here's a pass. Here's a pass. Here's a pass. Then bucket. He doesn't even get the hockey assist in that regard yet. Still, he had somewhat of a factor into leading into that basket. Like, he, he's fun to watch, man. He, he, exactly. he can control an offense with his uh, facility. No, he's absolutely. And I, I again, I'm maestro on the offense and I would call him the Beethoven of the buzz like that. There's, there's a nickname for you right there. <laughs> did you just, is that where you just went? Yes, I did. Are you trying to make that a thing? I, Mr. Who Doug knows? Branson, are you trying to make this a thing? Uh, no, don't you, don't you dare compare me to Doug Branson now. Don't you dare. No, 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 no. My nicknames are actually good, but Beethoven of Buzz may I may trademark that because someone will put it on a T-shirt with Lamelo and and and, and a tuxedo, and I don't need that. I want my money. I need my money at um, this point. Yeah, that's fine. And if you don't mind, I will take a little share of that as well. <laughs> since you uh, said it on the podcast, yeah. I think that's only fair. Yes. I would like to see. Yes, can we get Lamelo in the suit with the bow tie, and then we can have? What's the thing that the conductors hold in their hands? It's, it's like called? a wand or something like that. We, right? Like I, yeah, I was going to say wand, but I was afraid that you and your sophisticated self was going to make fun. I'm not of that friend, sophisticated, so. sir. Thank you very much, though. Uh, All right. Thank you. We can try to look that up before we get to the second segment. But first, I wanted to continue talking about 1010 and how great this product is when you're talking about Blue Nile. 
Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're absolutely gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people and with 1010 it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds if you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate valentine's day you're definitely going to want to check this out again this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on january 18th and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. Jalen mcdaniels had a great game we talk about him and pj washington coming up next on the live Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Then I clicked on M. Thomas. I'm like, who in the hell is M. Thomas? Matt Thomas is oh, his name. Oh, NBA legend, Matty Thomas. <laughs> he, he, Matt he Thomas. Didn't play at all. I'm pretty sure Matt Thomas <laughs> served me in an Applebee's the other day. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It's called a baton, not a. Yes. It's a baton that the conductor holds in his hands, not a wand. Do we sit, Do you think that we have maybe even slightly, kind of a little bit, gone into, into the uncultured savage realm when we weren't able to get the baton on the first try? Well, here's the thing. Uh, here's what I would ask you. Has anyone really gone to an orchestra in the last, I don't know, 50 years? <laughs> intentionally, I might add, intentionally too. I really hope there's someone listening that can say, yes, I have. And he puts his hands and fists on his hips and yes, I have, damn it. I have gone to an orchestra. Uh, I really would like to know who has gone to an orchestra. Like there are some of these, hey, there's some of the modernized orchestras, right? There are. Are they still doing those kinds of things? They, they are. There are. And again, they make really good nighttime music. If you really need to sleep, you play some music, you play some movie soundtracks and again, John, mm-hmm. John Williams is a good orchestra guy. Star Wars guy. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a good Honestly, one. well, there, here, here's a question for you. If you were to tell me Walker, name a conductor, I would have given you John Williams and I don't think I would have been able to give you any, I can't think of another name. I'm just going to be honest with you. I will be an uncultured savage. I'm sure there would be names that I would somewhat remember if you put them to me, but John Williams is the only one that I could have named at the top. Hans Zimmer, who did Batman, who did um, the Christian Bale Batman movies and uh, does all of the Christopher Nolan movies. Hans Zimmer is another one. And again, there's Michael Giacchino who did the Lost soundtrack and everything else like that. Like, I don't intentionally go out listening to this stuff, but at the same time, I can name a few because they happen to be in movies I like. That's it. Okay. Um, well, uh, there you go. Now it's just me as the uncultured savage, as you were able to name at least three, and I was only going to be able to name one, and you beat me to it. So I am an uncultured savage. Coming up this week on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, more orchestra bands that and orchestra conductors that we're trying to think of, but also we do have some media availability from people with the Charlotte Hornets, the roster, James Borrego. We'll make sure we break down those comments, and we'll get you ready for the other two preseason games that the Charlotte, Horn- Charlotte Hornets will play against the Orlando Magic. Not Let's go to what I thought was the second biggest storyline in preseason game number two. It was Jalen McDaniels. Mm-hmm. He was the Sprite player of the game, which I have dubbed the Al Jefferson Award in the lowly days where we didn't have a whole lot going for us with the Bobcats. It was always Al Jefferson that won him every and that two liter. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Every single. I remember when he joined us on the podcast, we asked him how many Sprite Player of the Game awards he thought he won, and he was like, "Oh my God, you know, I, I probably drank my weight in Sprite." But it went to Jalen McDaniel's this for uh, this time. I have to imagine it's the first time he was ever given this award. Not a offensively, what a hell of a night, right? Yeah. Like I, I liked the way, and I tweeted this out. Jalen McDaniel's. Hits a couple of threes. The bank, we can just overlook that. But he's a legitimately good shooter. We have enough, I think, sample size to say um, at least there's something there with Jalen, and hopefully he can continue it. But it's a good-looking stroke. We've seen that. Uh, we saw it last year when Jalen McDaniels was called up to the big boy leagues and even shot well with Greensboro. He also was used in the dunker spot. Devontae uh-huh. Graham, I believe it was him getting to the paint. It was not the the, the best pass in the world. He was trying to get it off. I think he had to get, had to get through traffic. But McDaniel was able to collect it and then score that way as well. When you're talking about someone that's six ten, mm-hmm. adds a little bit of muscle. He, he's he's still skinny, but I don't I don't know if he's quite string bean the level that he was last year. So puts a little bit of muscle on himself, hits a couple of threes, scores from the dunker spot, and that guy is playing three. When PJ Washington and Cody Zeller is in the game, you know, you talk about going small, man, they can go big yeah. when Jalen McDaniels is at the three. Like you're talking about a six ten dude that is absolutely fluid enough to play out there offensively. And he's certainly athletic enough to even guard your three. There was a time where he was guarding Terrence Davis and then he switched onto Chris Boucher when they did a pick and roll. I, I actually, I actually had some problems with Jalen McDaniels defense. I actually was kind of disappointed in what he did. I think he gave the paint up, but this is someone that usually is a good defender for how young he is. I actually don't expect that to continue on. I I expect him to get back on track and offensively certainly hope he picks it up, but Nada, you know how much I like him, man. Like this was a guy with my bold prediction on the season um, coming in that McDaniels is going to be a part of the rotation. Yes. Borrego goes to him as far as like the first two guys off of the bench. And then he becomes the Sprite player of the game. A lot to like from what we saw from Jalen McDaniels in preseason game number two. The, like that. The thing was, I didn't expect when we started doing all these like prognostications and everything else like that about what the rotation was going to look like. I did not factor J- J- uh, Jalen McDaniel to be in the top eight. That was a mistake. That is a mistake. I think he has put himself in a position to where the first three guys off the bench, you can make a case for being McDaniels, Bridges, and LaMelo right now. And that's not a bad top eight to have, if you're honest. Only time it might be better is like if you rewind the clock a little bit and your MySpace top eight was really dope. But... um. I, I would just say at this point, like, McDaniels is – there's something special with him. And when everything happened with all the legal stuff that we don't need to get into, I thought, what's the point in keeping this guy? And Mitch has shown that, hey, um, yeah, this guy this guy's special. He can be something to where, like, the kind of skill set that Josh Jalen McDaniels pro- pro- provides – is one of those that you end up paying a lot of money, like Christian Wood money, too, to develop. So the fact that he's come along this fast, I, I'm surprised. I'm legitimately surprised. And, it, and he's the guy that if you expect like one of the second rounders to explode this year, he's the guy that you expect. Well, and then even, you know, I'm not saying that none of the other players would have done this either, but it, it, I just... 
Jalen McDaniels also running with LaMelo ball in transition when you thought maybe is it just going to be LaMelo kind of taking it himself or whatever? You know, Jalen is out there hustling his ass off to make sure he gets to the other end of the floor to receive that oop. And it was a, you know, a no look showy fun dunk that we had from that and a, and a pass from LaMelo man. Good, good, uh, good game from Jalen McDaniels really liked what we saw there. Let's go to PJ because that's the other topic yeah. I want to talk about before we go to the uh, third segment of today's podcast. Not a PJ Washington is someone that is that seems to have had the biggest responsibility jump in the first two preseason games. It's easy to go to LaMelo just from, you know, playing overseas to where he is now. All rookies have a huge responsibility jump because of, you know, it's it's a bigger league. But looking at what PJ Washington is trying to do, he's trying to enter a different realm as a player, a different skill set. Last year, it's hit your threes catch and shoot if you're open and and let that thing fly hit 37 percent from three that's fantastic as a rookie especially as a big guy that can stretch the defense out like that excellent job post up beat up on any mice in the house Mm -hmm. do that and then kick out to all the open guys you know just basically yeah yeah just like do anything from what a what a stationary not the most athletic type of power forward can do that can also shoot and now what we're seeing is him go coast to coast hit a three-pointer off of a pull-up from coast to coast i loved watching that also him take the basketball and maybe take you off of the dribble a little bit more putting on uh, putting it on the deck here's the conversation i'm interested in having with pj do we see his efficiency numbers go down and yet that be okay and for me i'm gonna say yes to that because as i've talked about before development and growth is not on an escalator we're we're not going to see we don't see players all the time improve this much this year this much the next year that much the next year there's a whole bunch of different things you have to throw in and if pj washington maybe he has some numbers efficiency wise that go down but it's a really important development for PJ's game to try to add taking you off of the dribble and facilitating and creating that way. And if he can add that and it's not quite the same efficiency numbers as it was last year, then you take that this season because uh, you, you want him to try to work on that. And who knows what that could lead to in the future for the Hornets. Absolutely. And the thing, like you just said, the biggest part of this for me is de- development isn't linear. I'm expecting that from a bunch of guys this year. Like I'm expecting... Devonte Graham to, to throw him in there. I'm expecting his numbers to go down to regress a little bit, but still take a step forward. Progression is when you get more stuff added to your scouting report and you can still perform to an adequate level. That's still progression. That's still something to behold because if you're if you're scouting against the Charlotte Hornets, who are the first three guys that you're probably going to scout against? One being Terry Rozier, the second being Devontae Graham, and the third being P.J. Washington. Everybody else is gravy, kind of. If they get off, they get off, and it's not necessarily going to kill you. But at this point, P.J. is one of the top three guys you scout against for this team. So if that's going to be the case, yeah. then and he still does well, and he's still being semi-efficient. As long as his numbers don't go in the tank, I'm okay with it at this point. And yeah, so man. fans. Yeah, think- man. Yeah, think about how fun that would be if your five is out here actually having the ability to put it on the deck and the other players that you're out there on the court with are Miles Bridges, Gordon Hayward, LaMelo, Devontae, Terry, whatever backcourt combination you want to put in. That's really hard to keep up with. And, and, and the rebounding is something that's tough. We've, we've gotten that point and we've talked about it. 
But if PJ is going to start putting it on the deck and actually start to pick it up in the first maybe month or two and, and, and start to actually show real development there, and centers are going to have to try to stay in front of that guy, oh, that's, that's going to be awesome. It is. I, I'm going to be really excited about that. Hopefully, PJ is able to do that. One more segment to go here on Locked on Hornets. But first, I want to talk to you about headspace. Life can be stressful even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of our life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes, and that's where headspace comes in. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the one of is one of the only meditation apps advanced the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions. Their members swear by, and for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach, uh, approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. It really does work. I've actually tried it a couple of times and it really helped calm me down, actually get uh, a little bit, um, get out of my overwhelmed sense when you click on the SOS meditation for you. So Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace's meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. Not I wanted to reserve a segment to appreciate Terry Rogier. That happens next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets decoys all over the place. They've got everybody down at the rim. Ball goes into biz. They do like an XFL style where the wide receiver runs to the line of scrimmage, except it's with Devontae Graham. He picks up a foul. I don't care what you say, Nate McMillan. More like Nate McVillan. Get out of here. Quit whining about the officials. You got plenty of calls. The Hornets got a call at the end of the game. I thought it was fair. Hornets win. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. NBA fans, listen up. The Lockdown NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with special week of team preview podcast all this week. And plus, you have waiver wire editions from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball and rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. I'll be tuning in to the preview of a lot of these different teams that I'm really interested in. If you're interested in this uh, Talon Horton Tucker hype, you can certainly tune in to uh, Chad Ford talking about his growth as maybe a guy going into his second year. Also, Harrison Fagan, Anthony Irwin, those guys on the Locked On Lakers podcast. So uh, certainly some really good podcasts to check out if you want to get ready for each of these individual teams. Subscribe to Locked On NBA whenever, um, wherever you get your podcast. Let's talk about Terry Rozier, not a, uh, continuing to showcase the catch and shoot ability. Terry was able to do. It was a fun battle between him and Fred Van Vliet. Van Vliet won. He was absolutely nuts in this game going nine of 12, five of seven from deep with 23 points. But, uh, Terry held his own for a little while in this one. What did you like so much about what Terry gave you? Terry was the only guy that could really create a shot for a good portion of that game. And a lot of that was against really tough defense that had seen a bunch of the improvements that he had made over the offseason. Again, this is a, for me, this 
the biggest message I want to impress upon everybody, appreciate Terry Rozier. He's going to be, at some nights, he's probably going to be the best Hornet on the floor. Whether that means a good thing or not, that's neither here nor there. But at this point, I don't think we appreciate Terry Rozier for what he does. He's got the fewest turnovers of the team thus far, and turnovers have been a big, big problem because I believe they've had, what, 40-something in the last two games? Like, for, And granted, yeah. preseason and turnovers and shot selection are things that are kind of overstated at times, but at the same time, I really do believe that we do need to get into a point where we're appreciating Terry Rozier for what he is and just not killing him for the fact that he's not necessarily Kemba Walker, who who essentially came he came back for. So, um, yeah, Nada for me. I, I think that I have the potential to appreciate Terry Rozier a little bit more than last year, and I and I even liked Terry last year. You know, I, it, the the trade talks it just made more sense to me than waving and stretching Batum. It, it didn't have anything to do with with me not wanting Terry Rozier on the team. You know, even the contract, I'd given the circumstance, I thought it was okay. Um, whatever, like Terry Rozier is someone that to me has really honed in on this catch and shoot ability, and we've talked about that a lot. I think the fact that he's got uh, he had zero turnovers in this game. That's t- the starting lineup had uh, everybody had a turnover in the starting lineup, except for Terry Rogier. And then you even go to the bench. There's quite a few guys that had two or three turnovers that got significant minutes. And you're right. Terry Rogier didn't have as many. I think that is a little bit because he's not playing nearly as much on ball as he was, uh, as he used to. And I think that's just fine, man. If this is someone that can come in and continue to knock down 40% from his, uh, from three point land, that's going to be huge again. Like if he's able able to continue to hone in on that skill. Uh, I will host all of the Terry Rogier appreciation segments that you want to um, going forward this season. Yes, I know that's your boy. Uh, Malik Monk does come back, sees the first bit of action that we've seen from him in a long, long time. The first time we've seen him play uh, even before the season actually ended. Remember, we've seen the rest of these Hornets play before we saw Malik Monk play. So um, comes back, plays 11 minutes, a little bit in the third quarter at the beginning, and then even at the end comes in and plays with the second rounders and the two-way guys. Only scores two points, goes one of six from the field. The first three-pointer that he puts up, it's ugly. Um, does have three assists. And actually I think there's might, there might've been one assist that some guy missed that he tried to hook yes. up with. So, you know, the passing still there, obviously, you know, I love Malik Monk's passing yet, uh, a, a very big negative for Malik. And yet still we can all understand that this is someone that's just trying to get his legs under him again. James Borrego talked about him not even being near up to snuff conditioning wise yet. You hope to play, uh, get yourself into some sort of condition, um, yeah. good condition going forward. And uh, look, bad game from a leak, but also it's not anything like I'm saying, yep, this means that there's a lot more of these. No, literally pre- it's preseason game. He was getting some run in. I'm glad that he's I'm glad he was able to play. I didn't expect much. If he did a whole bunch of stuff, then we would we would I would have had to just like literally christen him something I don't know the name I would have thought of yet but who knows <laughs> but I, I just I'm happy that he was able to play I'm happy that he got some run in and it was very clear that one he had no legs more importantly he had no idea where everybody was supposed to be which is unfortunately a Malik Monk trademark at this point 
I'm. I don't think they're. But got better yeah, last exactly. year. I mean, I, I think that I, I think that waned. I, I mean, honestly, look, I, I'm telling you, Devonte Graham, who also had some defensive lapses in this game against the Toronto Raptors. You know, I would say like it, people were hating Malik Monk's defense last year, and I would say, yeah, Devonte Graham was just as bad on on some defensive uh, stretches last season as well. So you know, as far as not knowing where to go, right? Like it's just all about Malik Monk getting his legs under him and hopefully he can come back and actually uh, play where he left off before he got suspended last season. Real quickly before we end today, not a Gordon Hayward, five of eight from the field, mm-hmm. a couple three pointers, um, six assist. You know, what's going to be funny about Gordon is I, I wonder how often we're going to talk about other players and you're going to look at the box score and you're going to see over 20 points, you know, anywhere from four to six assist, you know, four to six rebounds, something like that on a decent night shooting. And it's going to be the best looking stat sheet, but we're not going to want to talk about him just because it's somebody that's just damn rock solid. Like that, that was what happened here. Just a rock solid dude. It's just, I want to talk about PJ Washington's development, Devonte Graham's development, uh, LaMelo ball, Jalen McDaniels. And then here's Gordon Hayward giving us the best stat sheet. I just wonder how many times that's going to be the case this season, because he gave you a pretty good stat sheet against the Toronto Raptors offensive. Yeah, he did give you a great, uh, again, he gave you a great stat sheet, but the problem is unfortunately, and I'm not going to do this, but I know others would do this. They're going to say, Walker, he gets paid $30 million a year just to be that rock-solid guy. So they're doing what he's expect- they're expecting them to do. At this point, <laughs> though, I would say that I, I'm impressed because he makes it so quiet. Like, it's so quiet. It's so easy. And maybe that's something that we're going to end up taking for granted because we're going to expect we're going to expect mm-hmm. these things and then when he doesn't it's going to be like why are you coming up short and again me personally he's been better than expected in this lead role granted it's preseason but if he scores this efficiently and he has these nights where he's putting in 25 27 relatively easily and then he has the slightest bit of help this team is going to be fun i guess the biggest thing that i've learned in the last two games walking i know you probably can agree with me like this is going to be fun. Damn the results. Yeah, it is. Like I do really not is. care f- about the results for this season outside of potential like d- career injuries. The results do not matter, folks. This is a gap year. <laughs> this is a gap well, year. Well, and, and well, and and Lamelo is going to make it that much more fun. And look, yeah, I I preached throughout the entire pre-draft process that you know I was putting on my nerd glasses and you know trying to go mm, well actually like this would be the best move and I know that was annoying as hell but I am admitting it's going to be a lot of fun with LaMelo like there's going to be a lot of really fun things from him especially with all the other guys hopefully continuing to develop as the season goes on that wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets thanks again to 1010 and BlueNile.com for supporting the show also thanks to you guys for supporting the show tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA you've got all of the season previews going on so make sure you don't miss any of the team season preview it's a good way basically just a whole bunch of cliff notes some cool predictions from all of the different hosts all of the things that you need to know going into the season expectations great stuff the cliff notes locked on nba season preview it's going on all week long have a great day we will be back with you tomorrow